Okay, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's doing well. Welcome to the day. Another opportunity for us to be a little better every single day. That's the goal. Back in my office, thank God, for those of you who tuned in yesterday, we were, uh, we scrambled, or I scrambled to find the place, just adjusting my camera still. I scrambled to find the place, which we thank God got set up at 8.56. So that was fun yesterday. Um, but thank God we got the show off. Um, I want to share with you a couple of thoughts that I had. It's amazing that we're talking about happiness. Like I said yesterday, like, you know, power outages. For some people, it's dangerous, very dangerous. For some people, it's just very inconvenient. And, um, and when you're in the inconvenient stage, you have to sort of get it in context. For those of you who are going through power outages right now, um, I hope that it, it's, it's ending. I know that it affected throughout different parts of the country very differently, at least on the East Coast. But I want to share with you something that really I've been thinking about from it. And this way, it's like the realness of what we're talking about. I'm not just speaking in theory now. So memory is complicated. And the interrelationship between the vision that we have and the memory that we have is much closer than we think. I don't know if we did this here or not, but we will at some point with God's help talk about narrative and narrative is sort of this link of how you see the world and you form it or you test it by what you want in the future, what you can expect, but it also, it, it, it also informs what you remember in the past. So let me give you an example. Uh, and this is very much connected to the happiness talks that we're talking about. The narrative, the way you perceive something, let me forget the vision for a second. The way you perceive something, the way you make yourself perceive something will shape how you remember something. So for example, you go on vacation, let's say with your family and there's a lot of things that go right and a lot of things that go wrong. So you have a great time going here, but then this place is closed and um, you land safely, but it was, there was a delay and you go to a restaurant, but there was a long wait. Okay. There was, there's a mixture of good and bad. If you interview the children, let's say you're going, let's say you're going with children and you ask them, how was your vacation three months after you come back? they're going to remember the narrative that you tell over. So they're going to remember not the delay or the safely. They remember what you highlight, what you create. When you leave the plane and you go, Oh my God, thank God we got here. Can you imagine we flow here? And in the old days, they used to do this, but it was so nice. We safely, thank God everything was okay. And, and it was so nice. And you got screens, whatever, whatever. If that's what you speak about that's what they hear and that's what they remember if you're going to talk about i can't believe we were delayed and there was someone at the restaurant this is ridiculous i thought it was going to be 10 this price but now it's that price then later on they'll remember that part and the the concept here is that your memory is faulty and this is one of the greatest things we need to understand 
on some ways we've got the greatest brain in the world, right? I mean, we, we're, we're making connections every day. It's an incredible concept that we can literally reformulate our brain. It's the most amazing gift that we have. On the other hand, it's not, it's, not a, it's not a fault. It's just a reality that our brain doesn't remember a lot. It's great because if we remembered everything exactly how it was, we can never move on. It's, it's a gift we have. But what that means is that what you're remembering are things that you are bringing into your consciousness. So what you bring into your consciousness in every given moment and what you choose to think about not only builds the muscle of happiness, it also builds the narrative of your life and the memory that you have of something. And this dawned on me this yesterday when the, when the, when the power came on. I had this, this, this amazing multiple thoughts. Like I just, the minute the power went on, first thing was like relief and like, okay, I call this person, you know, tell my wife to come, whatever. There's like a lot of things we had to like, just get back and get the food from this person's fridge and, you know, change these plans. We we're going to go stay in this person's house, whatever. There was like the details. And then there was like coming home and then the, the right. But then it dawned on me that like, oh my gosh, I may have missed this opportunity. Like, was I positive enough last night? Was I, fun enough last night like two nights ago like when the kids were in the house did did i make it fun enough for them i i went back to the way i i reacted and acted over the the, the 24 hours or so that we had no power and i immediately thought to myself how empowered and happy was i because if I was empowered and happy at the highest level, then the people around me will remember the experience in a positive way. And they will learn that when dealing with challenges, be positive. And they will look back at the blackout of August, 2020. And you remember blackouts. I remember every blackout that we've had that went on for, for more than a day. Like I remember Sandy and I remember we had a storm here. Like I remember over the past 10 years, I don't know. You remember them, they're uneasy. But when I remember them as a kid, will I remember them in a positive way that will then enable me to now go out in my day when I hit a challenge and be more positive? Or will I remember it in a negative way, which will only increase my fear and my anxiety and my disappointment and my frustration with challenge. And that distinction for me that distinction for me in terms of how I dealt with it was sort of in my mind. This, and thank you everybody. I'm looking at the comments now. I appreciate the, uh, I feel like we're back in our house together. We're all back in the study. We're all together. And the coffee's going. You know, yesterday, by the way, just, just talking about real sacrifice. I don't think I had a cup of coffee until I don't even know when. Because I had to go to a new place and had coffee there. It was fine. I'm a big boy. This concept, though, is, is critical. It's understanding that when we go through challenge, and I want to really define it without the acute challenge. Let's leave that stuff out. 
let's leave out like acute challenges. Let's leave, let's leave out real big challenges. Okay, it's not for now. Let's just speak about like inconveniences. And inconveniences could take time and money. It it just it it's inconvenient. When we go through our own level of inconveniences, yesterday we spoke about this concept that, thank you, Ken, that um, yesterday we spoke about this concept of an, a happiness muscle. And a happiness muscle is a muscle. And just like you can't work out a, a regular muscle, you can't work out your, your abs in, you know, on a couch, you need to be putting them in a position of challenge. You can't really grow in your happiness if life is perfect. And if you see people that have life being too perfect, usually, usually, unless they're working it in some other way, they're not necessarily happier. When you see kids whose moms and dads have helicoptered them to death or to life and where every single problem they've ever had was solved, and they've never wanted for anything unless they were developing themselves through spirituality or through philosophy or through other areas or by, by, um, by contribution to society. If they were just sitting back and allowing every single problem to be solved, they're not happier people. Like I told the story of my grandmother who had a very difficult life, yet she was always happy. And to the day of her death, my cousin posted on our family chat, you know, audios of her weeks before she passed. Same lines. We had nothing. I, we had cows and you know, running water. And she told her, and then every line ended with, but we were happy. So happiness and everything working out perfectly isn't necessarily connected. There's a muscle. And the muscle needs to be challenged. And when, you, when, you, when you're challenged in life by inconveniences and you see it as a workout room for happiness muscle, then you start to grow the muscle. And then when you go to those same challenges over time, they become easier. Just like when you go to that same workout over time, it becomes easier. But here's another tool that we can put in our toolbox. Whenever you go through an inconvenience and it's over, if we pause for a moment and look back and realize that it really wasn't as bad as I thought, I really could have gone through this and I really should have been happier along the way because in doing so, I would have either helped me out and built my own happiness muscle or taught people around me how to deal with situations better. I would have built resilience in my family, my friends, my, my neighbors, my, my, my children, my whatever. Once you are done with something, once the bus comes, once the check clears, once the power's on, once the fight's over, whatever it is that we go through in life that passes in our lives. Again, I'm keep away from major crisis. That's not for now. Let's build with what we have, which is the smaller things, and then we can build off the smaller things. But in the, in the, the game of the inconveniences that we deal with that 
suck our energy, that drain our willpower, that pull away from the natural empowerment. I told the story once when I was on a trip. And on an Israel trip, I see some of the guys are on. And my phone fell into the, into the sink on the last day of the trip as I was cleaning up the bathroom when I was packing up and like just bzzzed out. And I've got no phone on my last day in Israel, having to fly with my boarding pass on the, but I had to speak in like 20 minutes. And it was like the hardest 20 minutes because I I was so like ready to be like, forget it all. I got to fix the phone. I got to get home tonight. Such an inconvenience. Where am I going to get it fixed? How am I going to get home? How am I going to reach anything? How am I going to order a cab? How am I going to pull up my Delta app? Like, how am I going to do all these things? But then having to be in a moment and getting the feedback from a close friend of mine of just remember, this is your last speech of the trip. It's not fair to the guys that your phone, you know, is broken. Why should they not have all of you? You have a whole bunch of things on the last day. We had a speech. We had to go places. We had a banquet. Why should you be tapped out? It's fair to them. And that mentality of like, wait a second, you're right. It's, it's unfair and, and the going through that and having to overwhelm myself with, and then only, and telling the guys how I felt. And then only later on finding out that a guy told me that he was, he lost his passport that day and he was ready to like give it up. But because he saw it and he did it, this idea that when you act in a way that is beyond you, there could be people watching that you don't know. And because of the story of the phone and he lost his passport, but as opposed to like giving up and doing the whole day in the embassy, he figured it out, whatever it is, got on the airplane and he had a great last day. That was like the conversation we had standing next to the bathroom on Delta somewhere over the Atlantic Ocean at two o'clock in the morning on the, fl- on the plane home. And it, it was worth everything. But when we talk about memory, and vision and present, they're all interrelated. So whenever we go through an inconvenience, we have to pause and say, wait, could I have done that better? Could I have been more empowered? Did I over, did I, did I underestimate how bad this is? Like now that it's done, was it as bad as I thought? Could I, did I over dramatize it? And as soon as you start to think these thoughts, you start to remind yourself, I'm going to go through an inconvenience again. I hope not, but most likely. And when I do go through that, remember this. You're going to, now you're, you're connecting a vision, the present, and the past. You're saying, I'm going through the past. I'm reviewing my past. And I'm, I'm, I am checking myself. I'm, I'm, I'm making sure that I, I was, was I right? Could I have been stronger? Could I have been better? Okay. Remember the next inconvenience, you're going to be at the front of the inconvenience. You're going to be in the middle of the inconvenience and you're going to be at the back end of the inconvenience again. And when you get to the back end of that inconvenience, you're going to have the same moment as you're having right now. And I don't want to be in a place where I am regretting how I acted in the inconvenience again. It's like a workout. 
when you go through, let's go, I keep on going back to these examples because they're the easiest, but they apply everywhere. It's like a relationship. You ever have a relationship with your husband or with your wife and you say something and it's the same argument and it's over and you're like, I'm such a moron. I keep on pretending that like my wife is me. My wife isn't me. She doesn't see the world the way I see it. We're different human beings. And I would have, if I would have done it, it'd be like this, but when she does it, it's not, stop doing that. Stop assuming that, right? My kids are not seeing the world the way I'm seeing the world, right? How many times do we go through the same thing? When, and this is, let's go back like 15 weeks. I mean, not 15 weeks. I think we're almost up to episode 100, I think. I think this is episode 99 with God's help. I would say go back to episode like 15. We spoke about time to think, time to act. When you're done with any inconvenience, when you're you're going through a problem, when you're stepping into the windstorm, you have to remind yourself, I'm walking into a workout room for happiness. I'm going into an exercise for happiness. I'm going into a Navy SEALs exercise for happiness. Go fight. When the windstorm passes and you have a minute to breathe, the lights go back on. It's in that moment that you have to, you have to, you have to think and you have to reflect. You have to say to yourself, what went wrong? Can I have been, forget like the deep, can I have been better? Can I have been happier? Forget analyzing all the issues. Just focus on the happiness muscle. Can I have been more empowered? Did I give off to the people around me uh, a feeling of giving up? Did I miss the chance to teach somebody else how we act and challenge? Okay, the next time this happens, remember. Remember, the next time this happens, it will pass. I need to be strong. And although I don't know when it will pass, I'm going to get caught up in the moment, fight to act as if I'm happier than I am because acting as if is a very powerful way to hack my brain, to build new neuro connections that I can only build in challenge. I can go through happiness exercises all day long, but if life is good, I'm only going to get so far down the road. If I go through a challenge and I act as if my brain is going haywire, my brain has to come up with so much new neuroplasticity because I am acting as if I am something that I don't feel like I am in the midst of a challenge. Do you know how far I can go? Do you know how much I can get accomplished in my path towards happiness? If I act as if I am fully empowered in a moment of challenge, my brain has to adapt to that. And what I'm going to gain from that is so great. And when it passes again, it may not be episode 15. I don't have uh, uh, Andy, but check. If, if, when, when I'm going to gain is I'm going to stand here again at the end of the challenge and I'm going to feel amazing. That's using the past to watch how this works. You use the past to teach you how to deal with the future Now you know, challenge comes, relax, right? I'm in the challenge, it's almost over, right? You're using the past to deal with the future only in happiness. I'm not talking about doing another deal. I'm not talking about building, I'm talking about just happiness. And then when you do that, 
and you stick with it, when the present comes, now you're prepared. So this idea that we have a accurate picture of the world we know is not true. But when we recognize that I have to make a choice as to where to focus on, now we're entering into the world of how do we change our minds. That's what we're going to focus on next week. Tomorrow is Friday with God's help. We'll do Q&A. Um, but next week we're going to start getting into the schema with God's help with gratitude, meaning. We, start, we tried to spend the beginning of this week talking about the, the pitfalls around it, the issues we're avoiding. But now as we move on in the happiness path, we got to get into the world of, okay, now how do I make it happen? We'll get there. Okay, everybody. Thanks so much for your warm wishes and for your kindness. I appreciate it. Happy to be back. I hope the power stays on uh, from now on. And I hope that wherever you are, there's power and there's only good things. We should only be able to celebrate good things together. Thank you so much for tuning in and with God's help, I cannot wait to see you again tomorrow. Have a great day.